My name's Kelly Grace, and you're listening to Divine Connections, a podcast about connecting the truth you believe to the life you really live. Now, we're resuming a series that we started quite a while ago. This whole series got preempted by life. And then after months of kind of grumbling at myself and feeling really guilty about leaving y'all dangling in the wind out there, wondering what on earth happened to me and was I ever going to record another episode, I finally found the record button again and we're getting back on track. So even this long gap, though, I began to think God had a plan. So listen in. You know, I had to go back and listen to the first three episodes to kind of pick up the thread of where this series was going. And if you're a little lost, you can do the very same thing by heading back to episode 29 and then making your way forward to this episode number 33. But here's a little recap to kind of help get our bearings. In this series, we are looking at the seven words that define the common relationships we all have in this life. And these words, actually, they're words that help us understand our position in each of these relationships. These words let us know how we relate to the other person or people in that relationship. And they help us get a handle on God's design. They help us understand His blueprint for our relationships. Now, if you took a piece of paper and you drew seven ever-increasingly large circles, kind of like the rings in the bark of a tree, then you'd have a schematic for this podcast series. And we began with that innermost ring that represents our relationship with God. It's just the two of us there. And we found in that that the word was before. We are before him in love. And that beautiful truth comes to us from Ephesians 1, verses 3 and 4, that says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That word before, that word can make us, it can make us a little nervous. It can make us feel vulnerable and exposed. But when we discover that God is actually looking at us through the eyes of a loving heavenly father, Our fears and our anxieties, all of our angst about that, it just kind of vanishes. And we begin to feel beheld by the loving and constant gaze of one whose love for us is unfailing and constant, regardless of anything that you and I do or don't do. It is unchanging. So we begin to feel much more comfortable in our relationship with him even though we are before him. He sees us, he knows us completely, and yet loves us completely. 
Now, then the next week, we moved to the outer, to one more ring out, and that's the realm of marriage, where it's just you and your spouse. And the word there was with. And I told you a story of an exchange between a Christian couple, a pastor and his wife, who'd been married for many, many years and in the ministry for decades. And as we were leaving the um, cafeteria area of a conference center, we'd been at a weekend couples retreat, and he had been our speaker. And we had been talking over lunch about submission. That's a common topic on, you know, marriage retreats. And so we were talking about that, and she turned to her husband. And she said, wanted to know if he thought she'd been a submissive wife. And he said, submissive, yes, but there have been times when I didn't feel you were with me. And boy, for me, that kind of sent up a red flag to check my own relationship. <laughs> would, would my husband say that I had been with him? Would he say right now, yep, you're with me, babe. I, I know you're on the same page. You're with me. So if you want to know more about what we spoke about the marriage relationship, that's episode 30. Then we moved outward one more ring of our circle to the relationship that represents us and our children. And the word there is over. God designed the parent-child relationship as one where you are over your children. I know it doesn't seem that way most of the time. It seems like, no, <laughs> there's they're just running amok, right? But the truth is God designed that relationship for you to be the authority over your children. Then we went on to your birth or your childhood family. That's the parents and the siblings that were in your household as you were growing up. And here the word is from. You are from your family. Your life there shaped you in ways large and small, but marriage moves you out of that family and into a newly created one. Now, you will always be from your family, but that means that you've moved into a new realm when you get married and you are from that family. And then we are coming to today and the sphere of our relationship with our fellow believers, what the Bible calls the body of Christ. Now, remember that I said I thought God kind of had a plan that took into account that gap in this series. Well, what that gap, a lot of it was about was my sweet older sister was diagnosed with cancer last year. And really helping care for her has been a big part of what I had been doing, Um she lives with our mom, who is 91, almost 92. She'd die if she knew I was saying that. <laughs> but she's in she's in really good health, actually. But she lives with my sister and um, actually helping support them, caring for them, you know, everything from picking up groceries to going to chemo. Those have been the things that have been occupying some of my time. And but it's interesting to me where this series got kind of interrupted and where this time frame kind of stretched out because something wonderful has gone on. I have watched, you know, my sister, as I said, is a believer. She's also a single woman. And in this past year in particular and these last months, I have watched an absolutely amazing group of women support her, love her, 
share her trials and bear her burdens. And it has been the most beautiful display of the body of Christ animated by the Holy Spirit caring for one of its own and literally demonstrating the love of God for her. These women, these amazing, wonderful women, they have been there for my sister. In a thousand ways, they let her know she is not alone in this trial. She is supported spiritually and physically, emotionally and mentally, by their calls and their texts, by their hugs and their casseroles, and they are there for each other as well. You know, I've noticed every morning, very early, a text thread shows up on my phone, and it's full of encouragement and prayers, of exhortation and praise, and it pings on my phone and alerts me that these gals are, they're already connecting with each other, and they stay connected to one another, and in the loop of what's happening in each other's lives. You know, their love, their love is tangible, and it's consistent, and it is so beautiful. It's holy, And it is the purest expression of God's intention for our interactions in the body of Christ. So our word this week is alongside. In the body of Christ, we walk alongside one another. Now, I don't know what your experience of church is, but what I'm describing is the love Jesus said would absolutely mark those who are His. We are to love everyone, but the New Testament is full of exhortations to love and to care, especially for our fellow believers. You know, Jesus prayed in John 17 that we, those who believed in him, would all be one, even as he is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. He also asked that the love of God would be in us and characterize our fellowship as members of his body. A.W. Tozer said that the word fellowship and the word communion have much the same meaning. It is an act and condition of sharing together in some common blessing. And that's really what our fellowship is. It's what the communion of the saints is all about. And as believers, we share in common our faith in Christ's work of redemption our indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and of course, our hope of eternal life. But we also share in common a life in a fallen world and a common enemy who seeks to devour us and our own sin nature, which still plagues us with temptation and with a desire for self-rule. So along with the indwelling Holy Spirit and the Word of God, the body of Christ is a powerful and effective gift given to us to help us live a victorious and an overcoming life as Christians. You know, the Holy Spirit has given each one of us a spiritual gift, and I know we've talked about this in earlier episodes, but I just want to encourage you to learn everything you can about your own spiritual gift, what it is, and how you can be using it. So the Holy Spirit, though, had a purpose behind giving these spiritual gifts, and that is that you and I would use them to build one another up in the body of Christ. As we use our gifts, we bless and strengthen, and we build 
the whole body up with what each one supplies. Now, I want to share with you a passage and really this is so beautiful in talking about these spiritual gifts. And this is the Apostle Paul. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beg you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Now, that's one of the secrets to that unity of the Spirit, is that we do practice forbearance with one another. So, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing, with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And then it goes on in verse 7. But to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he himself gave some to be apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. Remember, those are the, the what we would call the kind of ministry gifts that we see exercised in the apostles, in pastors, in evangelists, and teachers, those gifts that minister to the whole body. And those gifts are given for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So it's Christians, it's you and I, we saints who are to do the work of the ministry. And those gifts are given for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man or a complete man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, that we might grow up in all things into him who is the head, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. Now here, I want you to listen to this part. If you drifted in this long Bible quotation, I want you to come back and listen to this part. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, in that long passage, you saw that, yes, in the body of Christ, he did give those gifts of apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But also, there are over 22 spiritual gifts mentioned in the New Testament. The gift of giving, the gift of hospitality, uh, the gift of cheer, or I would call it encouragement. There are so many gifts given, gifts of healing, gifts of faith, that you and I all, and we don't pick them, the Holy Spirit distributes them as He chooses. When a person comes to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell them, and He gives to them a gift to be used in ministry to build up the body of Christ. And just as this verse 16 says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what 
every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Now that is, to me, the sign of a healthy church. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't know about that church. I'd be like, well, you should be able to discern. Can you see lots of people using their gifts? Or is it just this hired crew? You know, is it all just professionals, so to speak? That's not actually the sign of a healthy church. One guy in the pulpit who's really great at what he does. The sign of a really healthy church is where the believers are using their gifts to build one another up and to supply everything from every part with each one doing its share, causing growth of the body for the edification of itself in love. Okay, I'll climb off my soapbox. That's my, and I'm a pastor's wife, but I'm here to tell you as much as we love those guys and need for them to be faithful in that ministry, that pulpit ministry, we need every believer to do their part, to use their gift. And that's what I've seen that's so beautiful with these women that have surrounded my sister is each one of them with their differing gifts, they all are supplying just love. And in that love, they're all growing together. Now, there are three words that describe the opportunities, and some people would say the responsibilities that you and I have toward our fellow believers, our brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are fellow members of the body of Christ. And, you know, this may be people not in your church. It, it may be people in your church. It probably will be, but also any believers that you're involved in a fellowship with. Maybe you're part of a, a Christian book club and you've got a bunch of women there from different churches. They don't worship where you worship on Sunday, but you have a chance still to minister and to be ministered to by the use of your spiritual gifts in that place where two or three are gathered in his name. So these three words that describe your opportunity or your responsibility are to share, to bear, and to care. To share our spiritual gifts. To share even our resources, right? To bear one another's burdens. To care for those among us who are in need. So when you share your gift, you round out the full ministry of God to the body of Christ. Your part is just as important as any other part, and anyone else's part is just as important as yours. For as in one body, we have many members. This is Romans 12, 4 and 5. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function or gift. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So there's that, that relationship. We are linked by our relationship to Christ. We are linked to one another and we have become part of the body of Christ. Now, when you bear another's burdens, you fulfill the law of Christ, which is actually the law of love. You help carry the load of another who is staggering under the weight of it. And again, with my sister, this is what I see, whether it's the fatigue or the fear, whether it's just the, um, you know, the this was not what was on her radar for this time in her life. And yet these women have come alongside 
And they are helping in prayer and in active expressions of love. They're helping to bear her burden. And then when you care for other believers, you actually are caring for Jesus. Remember, Jesus says we are his body, we are his children, but he says, inasmuch as you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So when you care for other believers, you're actually caring for Jesus. You know, Paul wrote to a young pastor named Timothy, a man he had discipled and trained and had left in Ephesus to do ministry. He writes to him and he says, in case I'm delayed, I write that you may know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the support structure and the foundation of truth. You know, God called us into the body of Christ and told us how to conduct ourselves. He's shown us how to come alongside our fellow believers to share, to bear, and to care for the church of the living God. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your gift to us of the body of Christ, for the gifts that you've given among us to build us up in the faith, to carry us along the steep and the difficult portions of our path. And Lord, we thank you for the mature among us who encourage and admonish us, and for the tender ones among us who weep when we weep and rejoice when we rejoice. Father, help us to embrace our gift and to use it generously to bless others. Lord, let the teacher teach and the giver give in humility and with liberality. Let prophecy and ministry and mercy flow freely, causing growth of character and an increase in brotherly love among us. And Father, be glorified in each of us and in us collectively as the body of Christ, the church of the living God, the support structure and the foundation of truth. We thank you for the work of Jesus Christ as he gave himself for us that he might sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of water by the word, that he might present us to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that we should be holy and without blemish. To him be glory in the church now and forever. Amen. Well, I want to invite you to hit that follow button so you can be notified of new episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode or any others, would you please consider leaving a review so others can find us as well? You can do that always on Apple Podcasts. I'd love to connect with you over on Instagram. I'm at Kelly J. Grace. And for more encouragement or practical tips on kind of connecting the truth to your daily life, you can visit my blog. You'll find that at kellyjgrace.com. And while you're there, you can make sure and download a free spiritual self-care guide. It's kind of like a spa day for your soul. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me, and I want to invite you back for the next time when we're together. God bless you.